God will put you in a position to wrestle with your identity and choose whom you believe, him or you. That's a quote by Beth Moore. Strikers, who are you choosing to believe in? Let's find out next with Carrie Cooper and Janelle Black as the girls take over the Mighty Anvil. great to be here with you Janelle this is such a privilege for us to be on the mighty anvil and I know that Alan and Scott have worked really hard on this podcast and it's um, just wonderful to step in so they can take a a little bit of a break oh my goodness I could not agree with you more what a truly pleasure that they chose us to be able to take over as it is girls takeover that we have Um, I cannot be more honored to be able to to be here to do this especially with you Carrie so thank you well okay so let me give us a little preview what we're going to talk about today um what the quote that we have is we're going to offer encouragement for those who've been wounded by the church and we are pointing them to Jesus Christ so that's where we're headed yes and okay one of the things that the mighty anvil is known for is that they have their mighty anvil prayer so will you start us off with that of course I will Um, Father God, we just, um, you are my Smith forge me into the servant that you would have me be hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw me out of my life to the length you would have it make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back into the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. I wanted to add a little bit more myself and just see, um, Father, I just pray right now just for each and every single person that is listening that we are able to tug on their heartstrings and let them know that, number one, they are not alone, that you are right beside them, that you have them in the palm of their hand. And even if they don't see it, that you are still with them every step of the way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, one thing we wanted to do before we dive deeper into Mm -hmm. the conversation is I wanted to hear, give me two-minute background about yourself, and then I'll share a little bit, but tell us who you are. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Well, my name is Janelle Black, and I am a single mom. I've been single for probably about over seven years now. Um, I do have four children. Um, Two are over 18, and then my twins are what I have left. Um, They are going to be 16 in August, and um, what I can say is that I am truly completely just grown so much deeper in the love of Christ over the last year. And I could not be more privileged to share it with the world just because I think that God is calling us out of the walls and the building of the church and into the streets to be able to listen to Jesus. I think that's true. Absolutely. 
So that's my heart. What's yours, Carrie? Okay, so I just turned 50 this year, which is a huge life change for me. So I have three kids. They're 21, 20, and 16. And um, I actually started seminary at Dallas Theological Seminary in 2017. And that has literally transformed my life. Like, it has blown open everything I thought that I knew about the Bible it was all wrong. (laughs) And so (laughs) not all of it was wrong, but a lot of it was wrong. And (laughs) so uh, the thing that seminaries taught me is to think critically, to examine, to research, to investigate, and to ask questions. And um, so that's where I'm going to be coming from today. But first, so one of the things that we're kind of headed toward is this idea of church experience. Mm -hmm. And you hinted toward that and just what you said about your story um, or your little two-minute preview. But um, one of the things that we wanted to communicate is, especially with COVID, it has blown apart our idea of what we think church is. And so for so many years, it was going to a building, Mm -hmm. you have, you sing a few songs, you pray a few prayers, you have a sermon, sing a few more songs, and then you leave. And that's all been shattered because of COVID. In some ways, and that's probably good Mm -hmm. because it's forced us to make some changes. Um, But we each have stories on how that's impacted us and not just with COVID, but other things. But tell me about your story, what that looks, what it looked like for you to struggle with church a little bit and how that's, how you've kind of regained your faith in Christ or how it's strengthened over time. Well, I the original reason I came to Christ was because of my children. I really wanted to be able to impart on them and be able to show them who Jesus was for themselves rather than who they would hear about in the world. Mm-hmm. So that was really one of the reasons where I got into that really deeply. And then I began serving and just really being completely plugged in. And the growth that I've had since I've been a part of an amazing community church was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The people that I've met and the things that I did, I would not have been able to go through the battles that I've gone through without the people beside me that God placed. That's good. Um, I do believe that everything is a season, a reason, a season and a lifetime. And unfortunately, I really needed to take care of my fruit. Um, I really felt God. What does that mean? Yeah. Good question. So I was really feeling like my children, you know, what good am I to impart into someone else's children? Cause I was part of the, okay. the kids ministry. If my children, my fruit was not any good. So I felt that I really needed to focus on my children and kind of, um, pour into them the mm-hmm. way that I poured into my, the kids ministry. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be any good for me or for what I represent if I'm trying to help others yet my backyard is destroyed. Absolutely. So I really decided to kind of take a step back and, um, evaluate where God was calling me. And right about that time was when everything was shut down, Mm, um, probably about 30 days prior. So I was completely taken back, like, Oh my goodness, how am I going to figure out what I need to do? So worshiping the Lord in your home was very different, you Mm -hmm. know, bring it into your home, um, finding, digging into the word and different things like that. And the good news is that you could grab with technology. There were so many different ways to be able to 
come to God. And I really started to find that that was something I really enjoyed. I was watching two or three messages a day. Um, learn, you know, I always, I'm a worshiper, so worshiping was definitely something that I loved. But um, what do you mean by music? Is that what you that mean? That is correct. Yeah. Um, okay. By music and then just trying to go, dig deeper into the verses, which when God took everything away from the world, it was like there was, what else do we do? You know, yeah. the distractions were gone. So I was really privileged that I had that ability to seek that there rather Mm -hmm. than go the opposite direction and find myself getting depressed. So that's really what it did for me, um, really digging deeper. And I thought I knew God pretty well, but wow, did he just show me a whole nother version of himself that... I can truly say um, one of the things that I was really proud of that I feel he dropped as a nugget in me was to figure out who you are Mm -hmm. and not so much who you are in the world, but who you are in him so that when the battles come, you won't break and then he won't spend so much time putting you back together that you would sway and be able to move on faster. So that was something that I, I was very like, wow, that's good. Well, what I know you had a season where you kind of pulled away from the church Mm -hmm. you're involved with, even though it was a really healthy environment. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that, where you kind of ended up searching for a new, new place to worship. So, um, that was very hard, you know, going, making the decision to walk away from a church you've been a part of for 12 plus years was extremely difficult. Not only the building, but the people that right. have walked alongside you. So you that, have relationships. Correct. Yeah. So that was very difficult. And then my children, my 16 year olds, soon to be 16 year olds are very plugged in. So that was an adjustment for them as well. Hmm. So just... I went by myself, just, you know, where am I going to go? Because I kind of knew what I was looking for, of course, with God's help. Yeah. You know, where I needed to find what I was looking for. And it's kind of interesting that along the way, I've had certain people come alongside me that kind of experiencing the same thing, you know, where are you going? What are you doing? Who's this? You know, what are you experiencing? And it was all for the most part, very healthy, like healthy conversations on people are looking for a place to worship. So, um, I visited several churches. Um, the worship was great. The message was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, or the message was okay, you know, okay, but the worship was great. So it was hard to find that balance where you felt God was saying, this is where it was. And as Easter was approaching, I was starting to get in my feelings, got on my knees, like, Lord, where are you wanting me to go? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a big deal. I can't not go to a church for Easter. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, thankfully, right before that is where I found a pretty a church that I've been attending regularly that just, wow, um, I feel alive and okay. like this is where this is home. So it's been really, really cool. It's a hard transition when you're leaving behind a life that you've built and not necessarily for anything bad. It wasn't, there wasn't anything bad. It was just maybe, would you say it was a maturity thing? Like, okay, I've maybe maxed out here and I need to develop somewhere else. Or what, what was the impetus for like taking that step outside? 
it was a very hard decision. It was a decision of, is this an emotional decision? Mm. Is this a decision from you, Lord? So this was a decision I'd been sitting on for probably a couple of years. Okay. And because I was, I led a team and those things, I stayed, I feel, longer than I probably feel God wanted me to for my team. So yeah. as my team started to dissipate and go into different versions of their lives, I was like, okay, now I know now this time. is time. <laughs> um, That's and good. I'm glad you kind of... I mean, I don't say glad, but it's it's healthy that you wrestle with it mm-hmm. and not just be like, well, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving. I got to go no. find someplace else. Because some, I mean, all of us have knee jerk reactions where we get upset about something <laughs> and they're like, OK, I'm out of here. But really, the mature thing to do is just like you just said, sit on it, wrestle with it, pray about it. And then you're seeing the signs of this is the time. And I think the reason why that was so important for me, actually, I don't think I know, is I'm a real big lead by example. Mm-hmm. And I have I have a lot. I have my children watching me. Right. And how am I going to expect them to think with, you know, a, a good head of shoulders if I'm not acting accordingly? Yeah. So, you know, it's very important to not act on emotions, because when you do act on emotion, you find yourself in a pickle that's sometimes <laughs> very difficult to get out of. Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, my children are having my daughter more than my son is having a little bit more of a time, you know, with the decision. But mm-hmm. we still go. To, she still attends the church we used to go to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of broadening the spectrum and letting her know that it's a choice and it's OK. And, you know, doing it all in love love and and them being a part of where we decided to go because there were a couple of churches that were a finalist and one of them they were like no and I was like okay and so when I found the one that I'm going to now you can tell they're like oh we like this too and I'm like yes so it wasn't just a me 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 decision it was I mean they're almost adults themselves you have to involve them well and especially at the age that they're at this Mm -hmm. is so important that they're bringing Jesus on their own and not on my borrowed faith so Exactly. that was why it was so important for That's me to good. make sure that, you know, I found somewhere that we can grow and God can use us because it doesn't help if we're not in a position to be used. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay. Let me shift gears just a little. Okay. So I love your story because all of us that have maybe grown up in church or been in church for any length of time, there just naturally comes a point where we have to have to move on, whether we actually move somewhere or we're just, you know, meet other people and get connected somewhere else. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the original church had anything bad oh. or wrong or anything like that to it. No, um, I think the one thing that I was very um, focused on is I wanted to make sure that I wasn't staying complacent or stagnant that's good and that I wasn't because of my comfort zone staying somewhere where God was calling me out of because of my own comfort I mean I had everything that I needed where I was I had my friendships the church was amazing so you know it was so hard to go you really you're wanting me to do what that's like that just came (gasps) to my mind it's like the story of Abraham right he he was grew up in this one part of the world and God called him out of that. And when he called him out of that, that meant you're never going to see those people again. Like you're going to move and you're never going to see those people again. That's not necessarily in your case, but I'm just saying that sometimes God calls us out Mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, certainly wasn't comfortable for Abraham. He had to leave his family behind, like extended family. Yes. 
Well, my story's a little different mm-hmm. because mine probably has a little bit more pain mm-hmm. attached to it. And um, so when I started, so um, I grew up in a certain denomination and just kind of followed that throughout my adult Christian life and sometimes went to non-denominational or Bible churches, but they all kind of had the same theology. And I just kind of fell in line with that theology because I didn't know any different. And then when I went to seminary and started taking systematic theology classes, and this is, I just finished my fourth year and um, I've been alert, my eyes have been opened. And so what I've discovered is um, just sadly, some of the uh, the pain that uh, some churches, especially the denomination that I was in, that they had a certain view of women, and it was all based on creation order, and like because women were created second, they're inherently second in in not only now but in eternity, and that because Eve was the one that sinned first, that women are inherently not capable of making wise decisions. They can't be trusted. Therefore, they can't speak publicly or teach or any of those things. Like, that is a real theology that a lot of churches hold. And I didn't realize that my church held that. And (laughs) once I realized it, I was like, oh, that explains a lot about the decisions that are being made in the church. And in particular... So I'm just a natural leader. Like my whole life, I've been in the forefront of whatever group I'm in. And um, I had been praying for years, in fact, before I'd even gone to this one church, about some sort of adult education program, not just for women, but for the adults in the church. And when I was in this one church in particular, I researched it for months. I prayed about it. I made up this entire program, um, made an appointment with my pastor, presented it. And he was like, this is the best presentation I've had in my whole career, my whole ministry as a pastor. And he presented it to the elders. They approved it. They, we started the program. They invited me to be on the board. And then I taught like a women's class. But then when I wanted to teach an introductory Greek a biblical Greek class, and I wanted it to be men and women. Oh my gosh, you would have thought, you would have thought uh, an atomic bomb had exploded in my church. <laughs> like it was, it was pretty intense. So what was conflicting to me that as a woman, I was qualified to create the program, to design the program, to pray about the program, to organize the program, to be on the board of the program, but I could not teach the program. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was ridiculous. So I was, I had a lot of conversations with my pastor, elders, and Sunday school teacher about this theology of women that they held. And there was no room for change, none. So really quickly, there is a, um, a debate that a lot of people like to have where women are not allowed to pastor or preach um, from the pulpit, is that something you're saying that your church was leaning towards? And- no, well, I'm not even talking about preaching so much, like being the head pastor. I'm just talking about if if the Holy Spirit has equipped any person in the church, whether male or female, why why is there a limitation on how that spiritual gift is used? I agree. That's that's all I'm saying. I totally agree. So. Um, Anyway, I ha- I literally had to step away from church, and it's been about a year and a half of just 
de- detoxing is mm-hmm. how I just feel about it. It's just kind of detoxing from that culture of women can't and aren't allowed to. And you may be the boss in the secular world, but as soon as you step into the church, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, it's, it's, it can be a very painful place. So anyway, that's where I'm coming from with my, my hurt so I think our changing churches, so I've been in the search for a church that maybe has a little bit more balanced mm-hmm. view of women in, just women in general, not even women in ministry, just women. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then how does that look for me as, um, as a minister of the gospel? I mean, I'm in seminary, so I've got to figure out what does that look like uh, for my, not only, um, not only just how I'm going to going to minister truth but just how do i worship the lord what does this say about me as a person so how do you feel god has brought you back to where you somewhat started um i think i finally had to set aside church like literally and i think covid in in that sense helped because then it was like okay no one's going to church for a while like we we're going to do it online but we don't have to go to a building and it helped me to stop thinking about this certain leadership group and to just be like i'm just going to worship jesus today <laughs> like i'm just going to worship god and not think about who is allowing me or not allowing me to do something like it just I, I just had to go there. Like, I'm just going to worship God. And um, in that sense, it was really healthy, really brought me down back to the basics of, and I went through the Gospels, like, what is what is Jesus really doing? How does he interact with the people he meets, including women? And it was so different yes. than what my church experience had been. So anyway. Well, um, to tie that in, I wanted to talk to ask you, how do you think the resurrection impacts our lives? And yeah, and I think we were talking about the resurrection because Easter has been so close Mm -hmm. to when we've recorded this. And um, I think when I think about the resurrection of Jesus, I think he has redeemed. He well, that's a churchy word. He has transformed all the sin and brokenness that exists in the world and he has brought it back to a place not that it exists right now i'm talking about in eternity mm-hmm. that there and and from god's perspective it's an exist it's uh the presence of wholeness of truth of peace of love and though that doesn't exist in this world right now because there's just we're, we're sinners um but the resurrection itself accomplished that for us so that uh, when we think about eternity in heaven that we have and uh, this relationship with the Lord that is not dependent upon our church affinities, our church denominations, our church, anything about the church building Mm -hmm. or the church politics or the church governance, that um, it's just me and him. And it's the listener, the people who are listening right now. It's all about them and the Lord, not not about the hurts and pains or or even just a maturing growth that they might have to go on and find a new church. And so what about you? When you think about the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, how does that impact your understanding of what you went through in your maturing process? So I would say that without 
it, it, you know, here recently it was, it was explained so incredibly well that I hadn't even thought about in a perspective where if Jesus had sinned, it wouldn't had when him dying on the cross would not have, it, we wouldn't be, be where we are today. So mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to be completely forgiven. So because he was so pure and, and sinless, he was able to attach my sin to him, to the cross so that I could be forgiven each and every single day. So that is such hope that gives such a different perspective in how much he truly loves us because I'm not, I'm not worth that. Like I shouldn't deserve, you know, for things that I've done, I don't have to pay that. God did that for us with his son, Jesus. And I just, for me, that has such a different view and it was very moving this year, especially since everything was taken away to be reminded that Jesus paid it all for us. So you mentioned something about forgiveness being a daily thing. Um, I certainly believe that there's a daily forgiveness, but I also think that the cross that the Jesus death on the cross, his resurrection accomplished and a once for all forgiveness. So we have that forgiveness. So Though we do come to him with our daily struggles and sins, they are forgiven. They're like permanently paid for. And um, I love that that if even if I forget to ask for forgiveness for one day, it's already done. <laughs> you know, like, thank goodness that my for, that Jesus' forgiveness of me is not dependent upon me remembering to ask for it. <laughs> so very well said. So very well said. Because We'd I all think, be in a mess, right? Well, that and I think we're our own worst critic in that we are harder on ourselves than he could ever dream of yeah. being to us. So I think that that's very huge as well. I mean, going back to the Gospels, that's right. Like if you see how Jesus interacts, the only people that he is like blatantly saying you guys are wrong. You guys need to shape it up. You're, you know, get things together. Those are the religious fanatics that are, have got, um, <laughs> have got a extreme amount of legalism happening there. But Jesus never, um, I won't say never. There's a few times that he said, go and don't sin anymore. But he never was like, you're a rotten, dirty, filthy sinner. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we probably deserve that. Now, but... we say that to ourselves, you know, like, exactly. I don't deserve it. But God never does that. He's like, I've paid for it. Exactly. I love you. Don't exactly. do it anymore. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So we wanted to, we've talked about, let's regroup. We've each shared a little bit about our own stories of how we've come to, into the process of looking for a new church. Mm-hmm. Yours was a maturing process, a growth process. Mine came from a pain source. Um, but I think our listeners, if you think of everybody who's in, you know, listening now, everybody's had some sort of affiliation with either one of those scenarios, right? Correct. That you're either grown out of where you are, or maybe there's just been a lot of heartache where you are. And you, it's just time to... For the sake of healthiness, time to move on. So let's leave people with some words of encouragement. Like as they're thinking about, man, COVID's been a rough year. I don't even know if I want to go back to a church building, which a lot of people are in that space. Yes. Um, And maybe sometimes rightfully so, you know, like it needed to be shaken up a little bit. Agreed. So how do we get Mm -hmm. people to a place where 
not that we're saying you have to worship God in a church, but that there is a community, a fellowship of believers that we want people to grow and mature together, worship together, but also point them to Christ. Like how, what would you say? I would say that the most important thing is that it doesn't matter who you were yesterday. It doesn't matter who you want to be. All you have to do is take the first step. Um, I think that you don't know what you can truly experience in a building. Um, mm-hmm. I had some friends recently who told me that, you know, cause I found myself wanting to just worship at home. And mm-hmm. I think that I found myself being paralyzed in the, in trying to find a church because it's overwhelming. It is very and, overwhelming. And it's also emotional, mm-hmm. especially when you love the Lord so much, you really want to find that quote unquote right place. So you find yourself because you haven't found what you're looking for. Just, I'll just stay home and I'll just do it from here. And I had a very good friend of mine tell me, you know, Janelle, you will never find the spirit unless you're, you know, that Bible verse. I'm going to be Bible-y really quick. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever two or more are gathered in his name, it shall be done. And I think that where you have two or more together, not that the spirit can't live with yourself, but it has so much more power. And the other thing that God's really taught me is our words, power, life and death and the power of our tongue. So I think that when we can get around fellow people who think the way we think mm-hmm. or that challenge us to be better. Yeah. And, um, I like that part. Yes. Cause we can always find people who are going to, you know, be our supporters and think like us, but we're not going to really grow unless somebody says, why do you believe what you believe? Exactly. You and know? then you guys can come alongside each other. And then the next thing you know, not only have you built this bond, but God's leading you both in a different direction that mm-hmm. you're like, wow, this is beautiful. And I always say the one thing that I'm truly rich in that I never would have anticipated is my relationships. I have some amazing relationships with people that I was able to build and grow with through a building, through mm-hmm. a church. And Mm -hmm. through that, you can bring that into a new season of a new church and make more people. And then you don't have to stay in the building. You can always bring it out of the building. But I really think now more than ever, just talking about Jesus and learning about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we live in a lost and broken world and people needs they're looking for something. Yeah. Why not be Jesus? Yeah. So... One of the downsides of being in seminary mm-hmm. is it's like going to medical school, but not just medical school, going to neuroscience, neurosurgeon school, <laughs> like, you know, some sort of residency where you're a neurosurgeon and you learn all the ins and outs and then you go to church and then you just pick it apart. You're yeah. like, that's wrong. They shouldn't do it that way. <laughs> it's like being a movie producer yeah. and then trying to watch the movie right. after no. you know all the ins exactly. and outs. Exactly. <laughs> so for me, I have a really hard time because... If a song isn't theologically correct, I'm like, well, that was totally heresy. <laughs> or, or if it's, or if the preaching doesn't follow the standard, you know, you get, you know, like all these outlines that we learn how to preach. I'm like, he totally did that wrong. <laughs> so I have to really work at not being critical. I mean, that is a thing I have to really work at. And especially when I come from a place of pain, yes, I have to just go, okay, Carrie, I'm part of my critical nature is that's, I am a critical na- person just by nature, but also because of my training, I have to, and my personal experience, I have to just say, 
I'm being sensitive about this because of my experience and my mm-hmm. training. And is this real? I mean, is this really a big deal? (laughs) Well, but the one thing I'll say is there's going to be a lot of our listeners out there that are going to be able to understand where you're coming from, because unfortunately, as the church and as people in a church and and the um, the flesh that we live in and the sinners that we are, we are going to hurt people. Yeah, we are. Unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be able to have that same relation with you in that regard in terms of I can totally get where she's going yeah I know where she's coming from so what do we do how do we overcome that I think the main thing in this you know the word of encouragement I would say is um turn your eyes from church like instead of focusing all of your energy on what is the church doing? What is the church? How is the church impacting me? Or what is the church leadership doing that instead my focus should be on Jesus Christ? And if I walk into an actual church building, I'm not there to pick it apart. Although my, I might want to, I'm not there to pick it apart. I'm there to worship. Excuse me. I'm there to worship the Lord. Do you feel that you're picking it apart from your pain or because of your I knowledge? think both of it. Okay. I think both. Yeah. But, um, but all of us, let's say you've been in leadership in church mm-hmm. and then you move to another church. Well, you're going to carry some of that experience no matter what. You're going to carry that over and you're going to maybe pick it apart. You're going to think, oh, we could do it better or, you know, like everyone, even if you're in leadership and in, in business and mm-hmm. a secular uh, situation, you, you bring something to the table that you think might benefit the church and then maybe they're resistant to that or whatever. But my encouragement is turn your eyes from all of that and keep your focus on the Lord. And then as in the same way that happened to you, as you mature and as I mature, that um, now the, the emphasis is not on the people so much, but on how I'm maturing in Christ, how I'm growing in my relationship with him. I love that because transformation is so important in our journey with Christ because we can truly look back sometimes and be like, wow, look where I've come from. And it can be such a place of hope and a place of we can give that to the people who are walking where we were, you know, in our past to where we thought we were never going to see the light because that valley sometimes can be so long right. that you could be able to help somebody else where they're walking it out. And you're like, I'm at the finish yeah. line. Keep going. <laughs> keep keep going. going. All right. Well, we, I've just enjoyed being here on the Mighty Anvil and stepping in for the guys. We've had this girls takeover. So I just hope that something we've said today has resonated with someone that this might be, um, really, we, this is not a downer. We want to encourage people that regardless of why you find yourself in a new church situation, that you're to keep your eyes on Christ. Exactly. All right. Let me pray. And then we will close it out. Yes. Lord God, we are just so incredibly grateful for the time, uh, to, to just speak to each other, to learn about each other's experiences, what that looks like, whether we're 
moving on because of growth and maturity and change or we're moving on because of pain and heartache and i just pray lord that regardless of the reason why we find ourselves in that spot that you would just keep our eyes our focus our attention our hearts on you it's in the jesus in jesus name we pray amen amen all right thanks janelle thank you carrie